Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Family Ramblings podcast. This is Ben, and I just thought I'd hop on quick before the chaos started improper and kind of explain, briefly explain, what I'm trying to do here. With the conclusion of year 2020, there were just a few things that I decided I wanted to change. And one of them was I wanted to find a way to spend more time with my family. Now, I had no intention of making a podcast to sort of achieve that goal. Uh, What happened was we were eating dinner one evening, uh, some steaks, and it just struck me while I was sitting there in the middle of my family how enjoyable it was and how compelling it was to listen to each other just tell stories and talk. And I thought, man, there were so many opportunities where I thought it'd be so cool to have a mic handy just to get the conversations that we were having. doesn't mean that they were particularly profound or doesn't even mean that they were particularly useful. (laughs) Do not come to this podcast uh, seeking advice. Uh, We we don't come here for stock market speculation. Uh, Don't come here for relationship advice or certainly not medical advice. (laughs) In fact, I wouldn't urge you to approach this podcast with any expectations at all. Uh, don't don't come to listen seeking anything. Um, and if if you don't want to waste your time with that, then I totally understand. I don't I don't do this for people. I'm not aiming to fill a a niche or a market. These conversations were ultimately meaningful to me. This dynamic was meaningful to me. And I like to think it's unique. And so I thought maybe I would bottle it a little bit, you know? Maybe I'd try and capture the magic that I encounter at the dinner table with my family. And it could very well be that that magic is only something that I will appreciate. But I thought I'd share it with you anyway. And maybe it can bring back that feeling in other people, you know, feeling of conversations that are probably bygone or or out of reach in this new age we live in where people are separated, socially distant and often talking past each other. Maybe this can be something wholesome to listen to, something to make you smile, something to relate to. I mean, if ever I was to make a pitch for what you're about to listen to, maybe that would be it. Maybe it's it's conversations you can relate to. That's it. That's all we have to offer. Potentially that. No guarantees. No money back. I hope you enjoy the first episode of the Family Ramblings podcast. A podcast not made for you, and therefore potentially exactly what you need to hear. Enjoy. He's at a sweet wine level. I am? 
Yeah. I don't like wine still. I try. I thought you did. I thought you said you were making headway. I think that just meant I was getting drunk. Wow. Katie is a red wine. Yeah. What is her real name? Caitlin. Caitlin is a red wine. I mean, her real, yeah, because we have to rename her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and we're just calling her by her given name. Right. Yeah, but there's two. As opposed to Ryan. Which, by the way, I don't know that Ben knew her name was Caitlin. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> it's always been Katie. Yeah. Well, like I said before, Ben, you'll just become bitter with life and you'll like less sweet wines. So well, that sounds like great. Okay, well, sounds like a good time to get started. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, this is episode one of our podcast, uh, which we named Family Ramblings. That was the one that went out. Uh, it went out because no one else had a name suggested <laughs> so congratulations i believe it was you yes catherine thank you, thank you. so <laughs> catherine no i said catherine, catherine. oh okay um, <laughs> we might change the name but there. i don't know <laughs> anyway uh it is sunday april 25th here in minnesota where we will never have summer it's 43 degrees right now and and it was snowing i yesterday, hope it stays this so. way forever (laughs) now i'm gonna take a swig of my corona and hope it warms me up inside i feel like miss congeniality lied to me i was really expecting today would to be just about perfect and just need a light jacket right (laughs) it was supposed to be the perfect date yes april 25th oh sorry that's i was so confused i was like what are you talking about that's that sandra bullock one right yeah and it has william shatner and he has yeah 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 yeah, that explains why I've seen that meme everywhere today. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a lie. That's yeah. why. Something, <laughs> wrong, with, <laughs> something <laughs> wrong with my brain. <laughs> well, since this is technically episode one, I mean, we tried this one week before and it was great, but it was a little bit disjointed. People had to hop in and off. So uh, we're going to try this again, but uh, just everyone introduce themselves under your name or pseudonym, whichever one you would like. <laughs> um, we'll start actually, we'll start, we'll start with you on the right of me. All right, my name is Dawn Rostomily, uh, also known as Neminator, also known as Your Highness, also known as Nema. <laughs> and I thought of a question. Oh, my children, what is your superpower? My superpower is I can harmonize with almost anyone. Oh, so you mean like a real superpower? Mm-hmm. Like something that not made up. Like what would our preferred superpower be? Oh, yeah. You no, mean like a real, real one? Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to, I, I will answer that, but I want to get, we'll answer that all together once we go around. Who's next? My name's Katie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do great. <laughs> You're going to get far. <laughs> Katie, tell us about yourself. I'm not replacing you at all. <clears throat> Uh, my name is Katie. I am here for Comic Relief. And <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if I have a superpower, but sometimes I just stare the right way at people that they tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> I don't have to know that beforehand. <laughs> it's always uncomfortable in the grocery line. <laughs> that would be... um. 
Like they just feel uncomfortable? No. Like if you stop staring? I if give, I tell you this information. I can give you an example. I actually actually give you two examples okay. just from yesterday. But if we want to introduce Jenny, we can. And we can like okay, okay, we'll start with that. Yeah. Well, you just did. I know. No, I don't have to. <laughs> so this is my first time doing this. So forgive me. Um, My name is Jen to the world. To my family, I'm Jenny, which is probably what I will get called on this a lot. <laughs> um. Are we wrong about that? Like, should, do you prefer a different one? Like, Jenothalie? Gen- you know, it's awfully hard to, like, rename yourself to your family. So I'm mm. good with it. Jenothalie? I, I reject no. that. I call you Yenny Janssen. Yenny. Yes. <laughs> call me Yenny if we're really friends. Jenopolis. Uh, Janene has also <laughs> happened. Um, what would be my superpower? I don't know. I don't know if I have one that I want to, like, Tell everybody. <laughs> God. Not in a bad way, Ben. Um, but no, I can probably, I can talk with anyone if I decide I want to. I also could probably reduce you to tears, but we try not to do that. So Use your powers for good, not evil. That's right. That's why we talk to people and make them feel better. <laughs> yeah. And have fantastic days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have a superpower. But I, I've been told that if my blood sugar is low, I can suck the energy out of the room. True. That is your So <laughs> there's that. I try not to use it, yeah. you know. But Katie, you had, you had two examples of your superpower, though. Listen, Ben. <laughs> I was at Menards because that's where we go. Anytime we're out, we were stopped at Menards because we had to get boxes. And so Steve had laughed. Because all married people go to Menards. It's true. I try to avoid Menards. <laughs> but I bet you've been there. I send Adam by himself. <laughs> so Steve had to run back and get something. So I was in the checkout line with the two kids and like six boxes. And the guy was like, oh, I always wanted that. And I was like, boxes? And he's like, no, kids. And I was like, oh, you can have mine. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's actually what I wanted. I wanted a boy and a girl. And I was like, okay, well, this is awkward. I was like, huh. And then he's like, you know, but my wife left me. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. It's <laughs> like, yeah, 2014, <laughs> my dad died. In 2015, my two uncles died. And I just wasn't the same. And I just threw myself into work, Menards. And my wife left me, which you should have, because I sucked. And I was like, oh, okay, nice. well, you still, you still have time. And he's like, thanks. And then we just stared at each other. That's like those awkward, those are the awkward moments where you're like, well, maybe she'll come back. And, she, and he's just like staring. He's like, maybe. And then you're like, can, can I buy my boxes now? <laughs> Please. I, like, oh, I want to hear the other example. <laughs> yeah. So then, fast forward, and I got into Target because I had to get garage sale stickers. And I grabbed a pop and a monster for Steve. And he must have just known that the pop was mine. He was like, do you want this out, ma'am? And I was like, oh, thank you. As we put this in, he literally grabbed the monster and then chucked it in the bag. Just boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, I figured you didn't want that one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow it's just a weird trip <laughs> overall 
<laughs> I'm not really sure what him throwing your monster in a bag has to do with telling you his life secrets, <laughs> but I feel like Steve should be offended. <laughs> yeah, I, I was confused. I didn't really know. It was just overall just just very strange. I don't know. We talked a little bit. It was nice, but yeah. <laughs> So anyways, I got rid of my two kids and I bought some boxes. <laughs> oh, just kidding. All right. So by the time this is edited and released, it'll probably be around Mother's Day. So this will just be our Mother's Day episode. It just so happens that everyone here, except for myself, <laughs> is a mother and yeah. I will be too someday. You're a different kind of mother. <laughs> we love Sometimes you. I feel maternal. Okay. Like, for example, today. Uh, I saved a, a bunny out of my window well. Oh, uh, did you really? I did. Oh, did you climb you. in and grab it? And... Yeah, I hate everything. I hate wild animals. Yeah. But yeah, I heard it. It was jostling against my window. First of all, I don't. So I live in the city, and you, you all live in this country villa, you know. <laughs> but I'm a pleb, and I live in the city with all the other people, and I don't understand why if I if I'm living in the basement why I need big old windows with window wells to remind people that yes you indeed could actually rob the person in the basement too if you so choose. <laughs> but uh, there you go. Um, things fall in there all the time. Usually I just let, let natural selection do its work, and it's you know I can sleep fine because I just sleep on my left side. But I couldn't. This one was wet way too. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We rescue a lot of animals that fall in there. But there was this little bunny fell into the window well. So I went. I hate touching wild animals. I get like all gloved up because mm-hmm. I just assume everyone has rabies, including animals or people. And uh, I hopped in and I grabbed it. And it was just skin and bones. So I, I don't know how long it had been in there. If it was dissociated from its family or made a bad joke or something and was just thrown in there. <laughs> but I grabbed it. And then I, you know, I was like, oh, I've got you little life form and you know just gingerly put it on the grass and hoping it would hop away and then it hopped into the next window well <laughs> and, and the thing is like i say things out loud in public sometimes and so i'm hauling myself out of the first window well and anyone could have heard this but i'm just like man like you're just just trying to win like the darwin award here or something <laughs> like that so i got it again and i put it in a paper bag and and i set it free um and then it ran off and I, I have no idea there's so many like predators in our area that i just imagine i i didn't want to watch it too long because i just imagined that i'd watch it and be like goodbye and then it like a hawk or something would pick it off i've seen that on too many shows and i just didn't want that kind of like acerbic ending you know I was like, I did a good deed, and I turned around and I shut my door. There you go. So good job, you. Yeah. So sometimes I feel maternal. <laughs> it's the same yeah. thing. Would you rescue a bunny from a window well? I mean, well, no, I never be the get same. out of the window well, and then the Darwin Award would be given to me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> then I just like, well, we gotta leave her in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got dark. <clears throat> no, 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 I know. I'm just kidding. Um, but actually, since we do have, I am curious, genuinely, since we do have a wide range of mothers here, just how raising a child has differed for all of you in particular, starting with you, mom, since, okay, (coughs) I'm doing it live. Sorry. Um, I, 
Well, sorry, I have to take a moment to collect my thoughts. That's okay. So my generation was one of the first generations to have to balance work, motherhood. And I actually think, honestly, that both of my daughters do it better I was a good mom, I think, in that all five of my children are self-supporting and um, good people and um, competent adults, and I'm very, very proud of that. Um, But I think that my daughters have more fun being a mom than I ever had, and I think that because they have more of a balance, like I was so busy trying to make a living that I wasn't much fun as a mother. I th- so in our situation, I feel like I, due to circumstances, I was the stable breadwinner in our family. Um, and I feel like I was I wasn't one of those people that the job was everything, so that's not it. But I don't think I had a very good balance between being a mom and working. I think it was more if I was successful in keeping all the balls in the air, I was successful. And I think that both of my daughters, um, because of their circumstances partially, but maybe because of the time, I think that both of my daughters are a better mom than I was because I think they balance that sense of blessing and fun better than I did. Since um, since you're here, actually, because I don't, I first of all, I think you did a good job. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. I haven't been to a doctor in five. The years. important thing is they are <clears throat> all self-supporting. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been to a doctor in five years, but. I'm doing okay. Sure. Um, do you think, Jenny, just going off of that, do you think, because I also I think you're a good mom. I don't think anyone here is a bad mom, including myself. <laughs> but do you think that what she describes is valued more than, like, traditional motherhood? Do you think that, like, what am I trying to say? Because I feel like what you're talking about, mom, mm-hmm. like, kind of like the, the breadwinning figurehead of the family raising everyone i feel like that's still valued um, valued more than like traditional the traditional like motherhood paradigm i'm not sure i will i'll be interested well that's what i want to know what jenny thinks because she follows more of that traditional motherhood paradigm well actually i would argue that it's no longer the traditional motherhood paradigm i actually think that what mom is talking about is actually reality for a lot more people where they're trying to balance being a mom and being the breadwinner and um, just kind of keeping everything up in the air. I think that more and more people are finding themselves in that situation for whatever reason, Mm. be it by choice, be it by circumstance. Um, And I think that that's reality for a lot of people. So actually I would say that my version of being a mom for a long time Mm -hmm was Mm non-traditional it's what you think of when you think about like old sitcoms but it's not necessarily what a lot of people are experiencing i got the option to have a choice and i recognize that that is a blessing 
and something that a lot of people don't have. Mm. Um, and so, and I did, I got to choose to stay home with my kids for 10 years and, um, yeah, it was great. And I had different things that I did and that we had a lot of fun, but you know, everybody needs to realize that I would have 100% told you the majority of those years that I am a hot mess and, um, that the bar was already always set fairly low, like keep kids alive. Don't burn down the house, <laughs> you know, like, and every, really, if that's your bar, you have pretty good days. <laughs> well, and it's interesting time. now that you mentioned that because that was the model, not the keep the kids alive, don't burn down the Sorry. house. But what you have done is what grandma mm-hmm. has done. She stayed home with the three of us until we got to be um, what would be middle school age now. But we didn't have middle school age when I was growing up. But that was when she went back to work part time. So mm-hmm. she stayed home and raised us until about the same amount of time that you stayed home and raised your kids. So mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> Here, take this away from me. <laughs> oh. um, do you ever wish it was the other way? That I would have gone to work? Yeah. Mm, honestly I don't know if I would say wish I don't know if I would say wish I feel like um it's easier if you feel like you have a path and then you go after that Mm -hmm. and so um Adam and I got married really young and then we had kids right away and I didn't really have a path that I saw for myself so now I'm sitting here at my current age with teenagers trying to figure out what I want to do when Mm -hmm. I grow up And, you know, it's like you had pause on your life and you were doing everything for all the other things, you know, trying to teach the kids and help them get a good start. And now I get to, like, make some decisions for myself. And I find myself really contemplating, like, what do I want to do from here? Mm. So I don't know. I do sometimes wonder if that's like a, like, sometimes... So the millennial generation, we're getting really heady now, but the millennial generation is so terrible, mostly, except that I do think that there is a certain, and I think it's actually because of social media and the internet, but I think there's a certain amount of foresight that millennials have, um, wherein, like, the expectation is no longer, just for example, that you go to a company and you stay for 20 years, you get your pension and you leave or whatever. Mm -hmm. The expectation is no longer that you devote yourself to one thing and then you rinse and repeat and take vacations, you know, at the same time and do, you know, that you have like this cookie cutter algorithmic life. And I think that's in part due to just how much exposure we have to everyone else's lives, you know? And so there's a lot of that, even with, people who do pursue like just I I have no kids but on the professional path thing like even then like there are days where I don't I don't even know like what my path will be in five years um and sometimes it's even hard to like fathom devoting a certain like a block of time to that like kind of development um I don't know if that's like a a a bug in like the human experience or if it's actually just a feature of being a millennial and having all this information at our fingertips all the time. But 
Men så ej, den kan. I think I didn't follow the argument. Like Kate, what is your experience with the mother? It, it wasn't. It wasn't really an argument. I just wonder because Jenny was saying that she had gone through. She got married. She got married young. She yep. went through motherhood, and now yep. she's trying to find her path now. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I'm just arguing. That I don't think. I think a lot of people, especially millennials, never feel like they found their path. I don't. That is so sad. Maybe. I don't know if it's sad though. Really, I think it's more like. We maybe don't think we found our path, but that's we're okay with that because we realize like we don't have to have one path the entire you time. Think? I think oh, that yeah. you're allowed to jump around. You know, I what would I mean? say you're not average on that because they say like a person changes careers like seven times in right. their life. You know, right? Right. I changed so careers. Well, I didn't change well, but, careers ever. I started yeah. at Prudential. I was in the in compliance for mm-hmm. twenty plus years there. Then I went to Allianz, and I was in compliance for 20-plus years. Yeah. Right. So, so I get that I'm unusual in that regard. But I'm wondering, see, what my, my argument is, is not, it's not even so much, I mean, it's not an argument. My, my observation is, is that I think millennials have a sort of, because of our exposure to so many different lives via, like, social media or whatever, just the internet, I do think that there's a sort of introspection where, like, millennials feel the time go by sort of so to speak so they can't really imagine like staying in one position for like 20 years Mm. you know because while you're in your job doing your nine to five doing what everyone else used to do in the past you now have a constant feed of everyone else's lives how colorful they that may be and really in, in reality what what the wiser millennials are finding is that those colorful caricatures of life that you're getting on your phone that you're seeing on Instagram or whatever are usually just posed and made up. Yeah, and the well, I always felt, reels, yeah. so I always felt that the wisdom that I attained in 40 years in the workforce is work is what you do to fund your real life. And, you know, on the other hand, I feel like you guys were all taught, well, find your passion or find your joy and you will find your work. And I always thought that was malarkey the only person i ever met who was truly joyful in his job was the music director at concordia yeah <laughs> i still remember russ peterson yeah he w- he was remarkable because yeah. i felt like he truly was delighted yeah to be at work every day i was smiling because he used malarkey yeah <laughs> sorry i don't think that's changed that much i don't think that i don't think Mal- i mean so I went to a college that definitely did have like a vocation program mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think it, now that I'm older, I actually think that that whole idea is folly when you're that young. Like there are very few people at that age that like find their calling, so to speak. Right. I think you have to experience life to a certain degree before you actually like find the one thing that like, I don't know, fulfills you and makes you content. Mm-hmm. But, um, so the third mom our professional student. Yeah. Who has, <laughs> two yeah. Young, who has two young children. Two young children. Yeah. And like 14 million degrees. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. are welcome. And so therefore, I'm not like a full-fledged mother yet. You know, like, I'm just surprised mostly that they've survived these two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. That's... What do you think your challenges are? Mom was saying her challenges when she was mothering were trying to balance keeping all the plates in the air and still finding the joy 
And she feels like we do that better. Do you think that you do? I feel like there's no joy. (laughs) (laughs) I I disagree. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I watch you play with your children. Maybe I played with you guys when you were young. I honestly don't remember. I sort of felt like everything was, you know, here is work. Here is home. My job is to keep everybody alive and not burn down the house. (laughs) And then we're done. Right. I don't think that's fair. I remember some pretty amazing tea parties. Do you? What the heck? So what? You tried with the first two girls, and then I'm born, and next thing you know, I'm in a cage of feathers. I cannot second this because I have no fun tea party memories. Do you remember when she got that thing from um, Pier One, the like teapot with the little candle underneath it to keep Mm -hmm. it warm? And then we'd have like the Teddy Grahams or Graham crackers with the frosting, and (laughs) they were pretty awesome. I I don't remember much of my childhood because I used to get dressed up as some antagonist for what would be the Xena show recreation. I don't understand why you're angry. We played with you. Okay? And then I'd get roundhouse kicks. It's not our fault. We didn't know what to do with the boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's joyful. I enjoy it. I mean, of course, obviously there are hard days and there are some days that I think it's definitely not worth it. Like when but. you sold your, Kids to the guy at Menards for yeah, boxes. I just, yeah, I didn't even sell them. I just gave them to him. He seemed like he needed them more than me. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, it's fun. You know, what do you do? I don't. Th- I think the return policy is like up now. So yeah, I'll just enjoy I don't it. think you want to return those. <laughs> <laughs> Warranties definitely. Yeah. Does yeah. that? Oh. Do you do you feel? Do you feel that like the um, what's valued now? I asked this before, but I, I don't know if you were here or if you walked away. But do you feel that the whole paradigm where like you um, are working and being a mom and all that stuff is valued more than like a traditional motherhood role? I don't know. Like I think that's I even pretty- hate to say like traditional, honestly, because right. I I know that there's, I know there's more to it than that. But like, it's so, just sometimes I feel like me and my husband. That's like our biggest fight sometimes. Or is that you know since there's no monetary value attached to what I do, therefore his his things are more important, or he's able to like do more overtime or something like that because I'll pick up the slack and so. I always tell him when he's done with his 40 hours, like, that's my overtime as well. I mean, when he signs up for overtime, that means he's forcing me into overtime. So mama wants a vacation. That's how that goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not a bad idea. (laughs) I've never heard that before. Yeah. I think it's true. I remember, um, not all the time, but I remember Jenny periodically stating that she felt like because she didn't have a nine to five job that what she did was not valuable. Mm. And I can see that problem. I don't think I really realized until I retired that contributing monetarily is power. And I never, I never thought about it. I always thought all the time I was working, I thought it was our money and we were a team. And I still think that that's so, but I didn't realize how much importance I attach to that paycheck until I wasn't getting one. Mm. But you're going to write your book. And then you're... Right. Right. Yeah. There right. You go. 
My book will be entitled Married. If you're out there and you've been married more than 10 years, I'd like to hear from you. (laughs) Ben will come and take a very flattering picture and we'll write down your story. (laughs) Maybe going back to the millennial thing, I think sometimes, like you were saying, that they can't fathom what seeing like thinking about what they're doing in two to three years but I think that's just like a lesson like I can't when I first met my husband I couldn't imagine being married to him for like five years or ten yeah. years and then all of a sudden like bam we've been together for I don't know ten plus years mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think and it's just like something that you wake up to you don't notice that when it's happening I feel like I'm I'm like I feel like I'm explaining this poorly no I, it's not like the fathom the amount of time it's like there's this like for me at least it's a constant um awareness like a painful awareness of the time Mm -hmm. that it's like it's it's not i can't fathom because i can i would love to like find like if i could find one thing that like woke me up in the morning excited Mm -hmm. to like get me to work or something i would have i feel like there'd be no problem i could fathom doing that for years yeah. It's more so, and maybe this just means I haven't found it yet, but it's more so that there's like a hyper awareness of time for millennials mm-hmm. that I'm spending this much time in an office that right. I'm relegated to this much time for whatever reason when I could be doing this or, you know, like mm-hmm. versus I don't think, I mean, I'm sure that everyone has always felt that way. I just think it's a little bit heightened right. with millennials because yeah. I, again, because we were raised with well, this line of information yeah. all the time yeah. and being able to see like other people's lives pass by. And it's like, well, that life is way more colorful or meaningful or whatever. whatever mm-hmm. than, even though, like I said before, that's not, it's, it's like a simulacrum. It's not real. It's the, it's the highlights. Right. Yeah. And, and you can, as someone who now works to perpetuate that, uh, fake thing, <laughs> it's amazing how much, how many looks you can get done in one shoot. So, yeah. But um, strangely, I'm going to call upon the wisdom of Murphy's Romance, a movie from sometime in the 90s, I think, when the the young man who's sort of a ne'er do well and has gone from job to job, and he says, "You're just telling me I should put down my head and slide," and Sally Field says to him, "Most people do." I just think it's an unrealistic expectation that we have from social media and other media and looking, you know, you see everybody's best life on social media. You don't see when they're crazy with their kids and when their job has gone badly and how it feels to all of a sudden wake up and realize you've been married for 10 years or in my case, 40 years. I just, I just don't think it's a, I feel like somehow we've built unrealistic expectations into your generation and for that i'm sorry well good i'm someone to blame yeah anything else it was those doggone participation awards participation (laughs) trophies yeah yeah there's no such thing children (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm also a telemarketer though so so you've seen the worst of everybody (laughs) (laughs) Not just a stay-at-home. My mom. favorite part okay. about your job is how the script keeps getting longer and longer. Because <laughs> it started out, it was like you were trying to help people move. Yeah. And like businesses in particular, yes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was very like specific. 
Mm-hmm. And not at all. Like it didn't seem I'm not saying your job's a scam, <laughs> but it didn't come off well that way. It seemed like a service that you would cold call, cold call people for and it made sense. Mm-hmm. And since then, the script is elongated <laughs> to include all these increasingly like niche services that I'm sure will eventually come to like, well, we've gone past five uh, page five and now it's like the knife section where it's like, have you, and have you ever thought that your knives were dull? And you need a new set. Have you ever wanted to cut a brick and you're like, why? My knives aren't sharp enough. So you don't need knives, but do you need a kidney? (laughs) That's when it'll feel more scamming to me. It's been a tough year for the moving biz, okay? (laughs) You need to expand. Speaking of, so you clearly run a scam. (laughs) Is what I've heard. And, um... I mean, it just kind of made me think about the jobs that we've all done growing up. And, uh, you know, we all have those character building jobs and, uh, or some of us did, uh, yours might be in progress, yes, it's right now. <laughs> um, but I thought it would be interesting to talk about, cause I know mine cause, cause I, you know, raised in Cocado, Minnesota, surrounded by cornfields, um, my, my character building job, what I consider my character building job was detasseling. So every summer you'd wake up at the, you know, in the, at the, near the end of the summer, like July, August, you'd wake up at the crack of dawn and you'd take your lunchbox and you'd go, uh, to the company and they'd take you out on a school bus to these fields. And then you'd go through the rows and pick tassel by tassel, you know, by hand, pick the tassel off because something about the corn, the male and female corn would get freaky and you want them to get freaky or something. So <laughs> you have to, and that's how you learn about sex and cooking. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want, you don't want a certain corn to be freaky with the other corn because they'll do it with anything. And it, oh when gosh. you're in the midst of that biology, <laughs> it builds your character, man. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. It was 100 degrees. There were mosquitoes. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. still remember. It wasn't that bad. We started really early to beat the heat. and then, But then it was humid because it was rainy. And so. And you were like in between stalks of and corn. Between, yeah, right? in between stalks now of you corn. All you could hear was bounce chicka wow wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, true. I still don't know what guy had that on his phone. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> but now you all know why ben is the way he is <laughs> so that's now i was intending this conversation but um anyway so that was my character building job uh that was the check that i the most money i ever got as a teenager was after doing that for like a month and then i didn't really work for the remainder of the year and uh i'd spend that money on you know, stocks and bonds and X- <laughs> Xboxes and video games and yeah, yeah, it was good though. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I never got skin cancer. Mm-hmm. I never got, uh, wasn't emotionally scarred from the corn or anything. So, so it was all good. It was all good. Anyway, yeah. enough about my job. <laughs> Which well, is just turned Laura, Laura did that job, my youngest daughter, and I don't remember. Cousin Eric did too. Yeah, and oh, did yeah. Alex also? Do I, I don't know if he did. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like didn't he work at the marketplace? No, no. no. That was his sister, Angelique. Yeah, Angelique. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe he did corn. Yeah, yeah. he might have. Yeah, actually, he might have for a little I bit there. Know. 
Maybe no, neither. your fair skin, Kate, you would have been melanoma walking around. <laughs> walk in a 16-year-old girl, walk out an 85-year-old lady. <laughs> I do remember, I still remember waking up. Um, I was blessed because I remember dad would make breakfast tacos near every day mm. or something before I would go out for the day. Mm. So I had a nice, good breakfast before. Oh, and now I never eat breakfast. So <laughs> it didn't take, but it was a nice memory. But we weren't in Coquito when you had your first job. Mm-mm. And your first job was in Coquito, but it wasn't detasseling. Yeah. You didn't have yeah. a job in Texas? No, no. What was your problem? I, well, you know, I was 13, so I was just beginning to be in that, you know, eligible stage for a job type what was thing your ca- Jenny, what was your character building job? I feel like I've had lots of character building jobs. Um, my first job was, my whole job was to wash dishes at a restaurant. And that was awful. I hated doing that because I hate dishes. And I hate messes like that. And that wasn't fun. But it does build character when that's all you're doing for however many hours every day. But I feel like everybody should work food service. And I've worked restaurants and coffee shops at different points. And... um I feel like that builds so much character and you learn so much about people and about yourself and how to cope with difficult people that I've um, brought all along the way. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Between that, but you know what really built my character and brought me down like 14 pegs? I worked in an antique shop for a while and I had to rebuild broken things Where? on lamps. Oh, in Texas. And oh. so you'd have to like fix things. And I realized how bad I was at art. Mm. by trying to make these beautiful ornate things and fix them and like refinish these pieces it was Hmm. awful i realized that i should never do anything artsy see i I remember you doing that but i don't i had no idea what you like did there i didn't know that either Mm -hmm. i did some of that so yeah we did a lot of refinishing and getting things ready did you find anything sketchy in the shop, super, like, super <laughs> like an iron lung or something. No, no iron lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, no. <laughs> it was a different time, Ben. No. <laughs> <laughs> nothing sketchy and nothing weird in, in the I antique mean, there's shop. There's all sorts of, you know, if you put teenagers amid antiques, there's going to be weird stuff, but it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing too sketchy. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Character building job, Katie. I think my character building job was supposed to be a dishwashing job, and it sucked <laughs> so bad that I lasted maybe three months that I quit. <laughs> so I don't know if my character was built, or maybe I just had too much character to begin with. So it really I had so much before. character that I'm above doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, yeah, I went and found a better job. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember when we moved to this community, I'm very grateful to the woman who gave Kate and Jenny their first job in this community um, because I told her I was concerned that they didn't know anybody and that I really was looking for an opportunity for them to meet, you know, some other kids in the high school. And um, so it happened to be the lady that we actually bought our house from and she hired both of you. Um, and I'm grateful to her for to to this day. 
because I feel like that was a good opportunity. And Jenny, I agree with you. I think everybody should work food service. <laughs> um, if nothing else, to know what a crummy job it is. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you learn things you don't learn anyplace else, mm-hmm. for sure. I avoided food service. I wasn't going to do it. And then I was a bartender yep. for a little bit. But I don't even count that. So... I also drink service is different. Ser- if that's where we're building character, I worked in food service. Okay. A lot. You did. Okay. You did. <laughs> I mean, we all worked at that Applebee's at some point, right? That's true. Yes, yeah. we all did. To, I mean, Laura did too, right? Yeah, yeah. she did. Yeah. yeah. I worked in food service. I worked for my grandmother in a restaurant in Lime Springs, Iowa, the mm. summer I was 16. Mm-hmm. So, yep, I've done food service. You had an, you, we talked about this before, and I had no idea that you had. You had a job, what was it, like assembling Tonka trucks or weapons of war or something like that. Tonka trucks. I assembled, I glued seats in Winnebago's one summer of when I was between years in college. We're talking like factory line. Yep. Tonka toys. Yep. When it was still in Mound, Minnesota. Yep. And that was a character building job. It was hot. It was monotonous. It was... Yeah, it was just rote, kind of mind-killing. But I worked with a friend of mine, and so that made it bearable. Well, if it's anything like Veggie Tales, if you <laughs> acted out, you were thrown into a fire. Well, yeah, and that wasn't <laughs> so. a problem where I was, so. <laughs> we all worked in the Tonka factory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> My character-building job should have been, however, I think I mentioned this last time, it should have been I worked in the nursing home in Watertown, Minnesota. And um, it's amazing to me how many jobs we get when we're young because we know, you know, it really is who you know. So a friend of mine was the, uh, her mom was the director of nursing at Elam Nursing Home. And because of that connection, I got my two first jobs, one working in the kitchen at uh, Elam Nursing Home, which of course would be food service and was also doing dishes. That was my job there. But then I was a nurse's aide. And I realize now from my vantage point of my age now that teenage girls aren't really the best people, bless their hearts, to uh, hire as nurses' aides for the elderly because I didn't get it and I wasn't nearly as compassionate as I should have been. And that's what should have been happening with that job, but it didn't, you know, 40 years later, then I recognized that, oh, that's what I was supposed to learn there. Mm. Do you think you could do it now? I don't think I could physically do it now. Right. I think I would have, I think I would be better from a compassionate and patient patient standpoint. Um, You don't seem incompassionate or impatient. Right. No, I think I would be better at it now. I can never see you as impatient. Yeah. Wow. I I saw her as impatient. (laughs) (laughs) But physically, I couldn't couldn't do a job where I was on my feet eight eight hours a day. I'm curious, because I feel like you and I had two different sets of parents growing up. And I'm curious how many other people feel that way, because you have very different memories of mom and dad and than I do. Some of them are the same. I mean, we grew up together, but some of them are really like, different. <laughs> problem is I don't really have many memories because when I got sick, I would get 
spoonfuls of Jack Daniels. Yeah, I mean, we all did, right? So kind of helps. I don't remember a lot. Yeah, yeah. honestly. No, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I I feel like because so my formative years were started in Texas, um, and so they were both working, and so I feel like like they were obviously our parents, but I felt like I was more raised by you two and uh, like our family friends around the area, maybe. But uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, honestly, I don't recall like that much. Like I don't have like a ton of like, like moments or whatever, mm. or, like where the light glows and everything. And I had this moment with my, my parents. I feel like I've had that a lot more now that I'm older. I remember like fun things. Like I remember, I remember that house kind of, I remember knocking down the grandfather clock. I think that happened in that house. Um, I remember having like the Nerf gun fight mm-hmm. with all my friends mm-hmm. um, and putting that together. I remember, you know, Garrett and Grant across the way and their mm-hmm. parent uh, and uh, what's her name? Virginia with the tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, that's right. I forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Jenny and yeah, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Samuel, Samuel next, next door. door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then just a lot of like school stuff. Like I remember all my teachers, you know, Mrs. Payne, Miss Deniston. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, maybe that's why I don't recall anything because she was pushing those <laughs> vitamins. You did need more vitamins. Yeah. 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 You still do. Let me get you vitamins. I probably yeah. still now. I'd appreciate it more. <laughs> I had this teacher, this, just to give backstory, this was not like, she's not a drug pusher. She was she was a stern lady in a classroom full of rambunctious boys. Yeah, she did not yeah. like boys. Yeah, second grade, a lot yeah. of high energy boys and um, and fewer girls in that class, which was... Only two, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it was more than that, but it was very small. Yeah. It was a small number of yeah. girls compared to guys. And... Uh, and I sat, I was energetic as a child and I loved recess and I'd walk around, you know, run around all the time. And, uh, and she called me to a bench and I still remember this, that I, I was told to come sit with her at the bench and I did. And, uh, and my, I was short, I was short forever. I'm still short. I think like, uh, come, anyway, I was short and my feet couldn't touch the ground. I was also in second grade, so that makes sense. My feet could not touch the ground, so I dangled them, and she said that that was evidence that I had that I had too much energy and I had to be under control or something. And so she, that's, mm-hmm. that's when the vitamins started. Even though nothing that I took was particular, it wasn't like yeah, it was vitamin. It was C just vitamins. And, it was vitamin yeah, C and yeah. calcium or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but. They came in those like official looking like pharmacological bottles. Right. They were, like, I'm trying to think it was a brand name Shackley. and I'm sure. Huh? Shackley. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I so, right. yeah. So I'm like, so now I'm like, wow, she was like an undercover pusher, <laughs> you know, and she had this job, but she was like, was that her thing? Like her second, her supplementary income is like, maybe, I'm sure. Well, that's yeah. what I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cause, I'm sure cause was, so many yeah. people have like a side hustle and I'm like, oh man, it was just some middle-aged lady. Yeah, her side yeah, yeah. She used that she could make a buck. She was making a pitch based yeah. off of their kids' yeah. normal behavior. 
Do you need boxes? Do you need knives? Do you need a kidney? Yeah. Like, you don't have to. Well, your kid's a little jittery. <laughs> Does that drive you crazy? Because I also sell wine. But it's funny you should say that because I feel that I always felt like I had two families. And I always felt like if people looked at dad and I, they assumed that our family was blended and that you two girls came from one marriage and you two younger kids came from our marriage together because there was this break mm-hmm. between the two of you. And I was a young mom, a youngish mom with you two. And I was an older, tireder mom with you and Laura. So mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think you, I, I think we did have two families. There were the girls and then there were Ben and Laura. Mm-hmm. Children 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> where the family should have stopped, and, and then no, they gave up on having their own children. No, they we wanted Alex. They're smart. <laughs> so first of all, lest anyone forget, I was wanted. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and Laura was supposed to be William. Okay, <laughs> Laura was not supposed to be, but I'm so glad she was. <laughs> we we thought we were done at three. I mean, to be fair, they thought they were done at two. So. No, they <laughs> so wanted. They wanted to be done at one. They wanted. <laughs> they needed me <laughs> to balance it out. Um, what else was I going to say? It was just a random thought. Oh, I also remember. I was just thinking about Texas memories, which I, I'm having a hard time recalling stuff. I remember, uh, like, I'm just trying to think of like family activities, and I r- distinctly remember the trip because we would always come home to Minnesota for mm-hmm. for. Uh, Christmas and, and vacation and vacation. Yeah. And back then there were no rules of the road, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and so, and so, no, I remember like we had that truck with the topper and oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. when we had, cause that trip took like two or three days or something. Cause we drove. That's just cause everybody had to go to the bathroom. I've realized right. as an adult, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> right. But I remember distinct, like we set up like a mattress and you can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. but I remember distinctly that there was like a mattress yeah. that was set up because yeah. you take turns driving and, and so like the, and the kids could crawl through the little you know, yeah, a, yeah. A gap or whatever. And I remember when I, the first time I crawled through, I was sure that I was going to fall through the, like the little, <laughs> little slit into yeah. the road or something. Cause you can see the road through the little slit yeah. between the, yeah. the bed of the truck and everything. <laughs> Memories though. And yeah, yeah, you absolutely can't do that anymore. And you know, like you can't have a gun cabinet in your car. And I know that we used to just shoot guns indiscriminately, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> In between shots of Jack Daniels. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was <laughs> just shooting at our gun range in the back of the truck, you know, whatever. Well, you drop the, you drop the, the, the gates or whatever. You, sure, you sure, sit yeah. with your feet dangling while the, you're right. driving 67 miles an hour yeah. and you just shoot a few things. Exactly. Oh. So that's how I remember it. Yeah. So yeah. do you guys have any fun memories from, from your Texas times? I, I feel like, um, it's interesting that that comes up because, um, just because it's it's interesting to me because when I move like that's because of social media I still have a lot of those people in my life um digitally but like people I still have those connections mm-hmm. and uh so a lot of those memories like I've always they've always been kind of like fresh at least some of them with some people just because I still have those connections today but do you do you still have any fond memories from your Texas days do you have fond memories from Texas I days have my fondest mem- memory is the strangest thing when we were uh leaving because we were coming back home 
I remember uh, we had a party um, for primarily the girls because they were leaving friends that, you know, meant a lot to them. And my fondest memory, we had, we must have had a disc jockey. Somehow someone came and played music at this party. And I remember it was a warm summer night and uh, the song Kiss, Kiss Me mm-hmm. um, was playing, the DJ was playing that song and there was this group of, you know, young, youngish teenagers dancing in my driveway and I loved that memory. And Jenny at the time had her first boyfriend, and this was a huge tragedy in her life. That red. She, yeah, red. she was going to leave red. And I remember this gangly boy in my driveway um, dancing to this song. And it was just, it was a cool memory. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad we did it. Just to clarify, every day it was warm in Texas, though. That, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> also, I do believe that the DJ was also my math teacher at my private school. <laughs> Is that right? Everyone had a, I do believe that. Everyone had a side hustle. <laughs> I know. We had to go back to that. Ms. Dennison is in the background anyway. with her little drugs. Mr. Efron could spin like a box. <laughs> private schools were great for the kids, but they didn't pay very well. <laughs> well, he was interesting anyway. He was an extra on Walker, ten- yeah. Texas Ranger. Yes, yes, he was. I'm actually shocked that I never put together that DJ meant disc jockey. Oh, okay. Now. And we're moving uh, on. I feel really dumb. Oh, man, what's, is a cucumber and a pickle the same thing then? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> you said disc jockey, you know, I was like, well, it's just a short person with records without a horse. <laughs> so anyway, fun memories though yeah how about you jenny i had lots of fun memories from being in texas i feel like somehow your question implies like i'm too old to have social no. media and be connected to my friends from texas <laughs> well, no, I, and i actually i still am i know oh, a lot of fair. them and we keep up i mean like in the way you do digitally you know but yeah no i ha- i was a teenager in texas i have a ton of memories there so i don't mm. know if i get to pick a couple but like take all of your like teenage growing up memories add a lot of sunshine and skin that doesn't hate the sunshine. And that was my life. You know, I had a lot of good friends and I was a cheerleader. Yeah, you were a cheerleader. And that was with the cheerleading squad that actually like, like tried. Yeah. Like I just remember a lot of acrobatics. Yeah, it was fun. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. I loved being in Texas. It was really hard to move to Minnesota Mm -hmm. and leave like all my friends and all whatever and come to a little bitty town just in the middle of nowhere where the diversity is defined by your church. That's about it. And surrounded by horny corn. Horny corn. <laughs> for sure. So yeah, I mean, I didn't even know what to do with the horny corn. <laughs> what do people do on a Friday night we go to the corn? No one will ever listen to this podcast again mm-hmm. unless they hear I horny am. corn. Maybe we should call it that. I am scarred oh for life. <laughs> I feel like it implies something we don't want to do. Yeah. I think we should steer away from there. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was good. Well, you know, anything, dis- you have to give us, a, like, a distinct one. So, I remember. Nothing illicit or illegal. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, like, a slightly sketchy, right? One of my memories it was getting um, ready with my friend Carla and my fr- friend um, Sarah. And we decided we were going to go see a movie. And think we were supposed to be older than we were so we were standing in the middle of like the dillards you know picking out the outfit that we were gonna buy for the person who was gonna go buy the tickets that made them look older 
I'm, I don't even think we were going to see anything like super sketchy. We just like had this in our head. And so they decided that I looked the oldest in the clothes we were trying on. So that was my job. Um, but it was just so funny. I mean, it was totally inappropriate. I'm pretty sure that I wore like a velvet dress to buy our tickets. <laughs> As you do. Oh yeah. Cause that just made sense. To blend in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, yes, man. I do have braces and like fluffy hair and a lot of glitter going on. I'm totally old enough for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what age meant back then. Yeah, lots of glitter and yeah. so much glitter. dresses. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Am I supposed to? You were supposed yeah, to. What you got? I don't know. Well, if we stare at you long enough, you'll tell I us know. something, right? Like, That's you know how your power works, but in reverse. It, it was mostly like middle school for me, right? So I moved mm-hmm. here and I was going to ninth grade. So middle school is hard for a lot of people. <laughs> True. <laughs> or is it hard? Is middle school hard for you? Well, I mean, it wasn't. It was just like how was middle favorite. school? How was middle school hard in a Christian school? Well, oh. just because it was like ten people. It was literally ten people in my class. You yes. Know? <laughs> and so we kind of all failed together, or we succeeded together. And like when one of us was mad at somebody, then it was the entire class. Like you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. there just wasn't enough like population to really split sides or yeah. do anything. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't have like, Were you in cheer- did you didn't did you cheerlead? I cheered one. She year, was yeah. the fly girl. I was. They dropped me on my head though, so that should explain Ooh, a few a things. But I mean, it, it's fun. Like I think of Texas fondly, you know. So I what think, you can remember yeah. after that yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't know, but yeah, I don't have a, amazing memories like Jenny because I couldn't drive, you know. So it was just like trying to learn how to become a teenager kind of thing, you know. Based on my memories of Texas, Jenny couldn't drive either. So. <laughs> Based on reality, you all just wah, don't know wah, what driving wah. is. <laughs> I remember my first accident was in that van in Texas. And do you know whose fault it was? Katie's the middle child. <laughs> I don't remember much actually. Okay. <laughs> Mm. But there was a dent. Where <laughs> there was a sitting. dent, though. My head hit the uh, the plastic uh, handle Bar, thing. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, dented that nice. Yeah, thing. and that van, we got that van back repaired the day we left Texas. Worst thing, that, you know, never ever ever trust an auto dealership that says, "Oh, sure, we can fix it. You don't have to total it." Yeah, it was bad. But I just feel like you're not remembering the good things about that van because we got it. We moved back up and then that became Katie's daily driver and she was practicing <laughs> for her perfect life as a soccer mom. So at the right so age of 16. So it's true. And now it's you true. are. We did one. have it a long, for a yeah. long time after yeah. the accident. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Windstar. Yeah. yeah. Mint green. Yeah. And we replaced mm-hmm. it with a different van that I then wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times, good times. Yeah, it was a good time. Well, this has been fun. We should wrap it up. We're hitting about an hour now, but uh, this is episode one of Family Ramblings TM, unless it's changed. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find this podcast and like it and comment and let us know what you'd like to hear from or review it if you like this one episode. This one episode blows your mind. Review it. Give it a good review. <laughs> If it doesn't, just don't do anything. Just let it ride. <laughs> if okay. you're moving or needing to buy knives, though, in the California area, please call me. <laughs> it's in California? It's not even Minnesota? <laughs> that is... 
That just seems way more sus- suspect. All right. Well, this has been a really fun first episode. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And uh, you are very much appreciated. And uh, excited to do the next episode and continue on with this. My name is Ben. I'm Don. Katie. Jenny. Yeah. And we will continue and see you next time. Have a great day.